following podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Smackin' Raw podcast, episode 75. I am your host, the Warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host, as always, Sir Cusselot Travis Pointer. What's happening? And uh, we've been away, it feels like, for a while, at least from my perspective. Uh, we had a special edition of the Smackin' Raw podcast. So we got a lot to talk about, but nothing more important than the news that broke this morning. Uh, we come to you saddened by the loss of Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah. Wasn't ready for that. And I was not either. That uh, that messed up my whole morning. And I, I'm going to get a bell. So when we have to do these, which is unfortunate, I can ring a bell 10 times in honor of the fallen uh, professional wrestlers and commentators and announcers, so on and so forth. But Mean Gene was the voice of the WWF in the 80s and early 90s and voice of WCW throughout pretty much, I mean, as far as an announcer and an interviewer goes, uh, all of the Monday Night Wars, um, so many memories, so much uh, he gave to us, and he will be sorely missed. Yeah, it's he's one of those people who's, Name is just synonymous with the world of professional wrestling. Like, you know, I can still hear his voice (laughs) all the time. And we watched the 1992 Royal Rumble in preparation for this episode. And at the very end, he did an interview with Ric Flair. Um, So, like, it was weird that the last thing I saw before I went to bed was me and Gene Oakland interviewing Ric Flair. And then I wake up to this news this morning. Yeah. Uh, on to some lighter things uh, in news and rumors. There is a uh, WOW, which is Women of Wrestling, is a, uh, I guess, was an independent promotion that is getting their own TV show on Access where they air the New Japan Pro Wrestling shows. Hmm. Now, is this the same WOW that came out when we were, like, way younger? I don't know, but I think that was wild women of wrestling or something no it was it was wow it was women of wrestling that's what it was called i don't know i actually i heard this uh, a few weeks ago and i had it in my phone i never put it in my notes um i meant to mention it i heard jr i think talk about it but um yeah that will be debuting sometime soon on access tv along with that uh new at midnight on new year's day technically um they announced or Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks officially announced that AEW All Elite Wrestling is a go. It is a thing. Cody Rhodes is the first and right now only wrestler signed to the promotion. They turned down lucrative contracts from the WWE who wanted them to debut in 2019. They are starting their own promotion and they are going to do their best to compete. Um, It's a crazy time to be a wrestling fan, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Good for them. It's also announced that apparently uh, the Green Ranger is getting into professional wrestling. Because why the fuck not? Because he's too fucking old. He's too old to be a professional wrestler? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. To start as a professional wrestler, he is too old. It's never too old to live your dream, sir. So if Ric Flair's dream was to come back and wrestle, you'd be okay with that? Because I believe a couple weeks ago you said he needs to sit the fuck down. Well, that's because if he gets in the ring, he'll die. He was cleared medically. And if he gets in the ring, he will die. You just said you're never too old to live your dream, Travis. Yeah, you are never too old to live your dream, but if it's going to cause your death, 
you should sit your old ass down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Sarah Logan and Roe of the War Raiders got married uh, while we were on hiatus. Apparently, they'd been talking about it uh, during her segments on SmackDown that they ate a deer heart because it was a Viking wedding. Vikings are cool. The Stone Cold podcast is on a hiatus. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has taken a break. I believe they'll be posting a bunch of um, classic podcast episodes, but nothing new for the foreseeable future. Um, which actually lightens my podcast listening load, which is kind of nice because I listen to a lot of shit. Um, and then last but not least, and Travis, this is the thing I'm most excited to talk about. We found out from Santa Vince himself that in 2019, I am getting my motherfucking women's tag team titles. <laughs> it's happening. I'm so happy. Ah. One thing you just want to point out to you, so you make sure now that you got this new microphone, stay in the microphone. Yeah, I realized that I moved back and forth. I got Same. close to it. I got excited. Yeah. Same. So, uh, yeah. You got you to eat motherfucking, that like, yeah. motherfucking women's tag team titles. We are getting them, and I am so excited. Uh, if I sound any different, it is because uh, my lovely wife did get me a new microphone for the podcast, so I'm not talking on my Xbox headset anymore. Uh, so hopefully my velvety dulcet tones are coming through your speakers into your ears and delighting you. Um, if not, oh well, you're stuck with me. But yeah, other than that, Travis, since we've been gone, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? Huh? It was fine. Nothing, you know, nothing spectacular, but you beat Red Dead Redemption too, finally, which means we can move on with some shit. You're right. You're right. I have my life back, but I must say now that I've finished it, I'm a different person now. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what life is anymore. Um, speaking of which, uh, we posted a special episode, if you guys haven't listened to it, of the HKW, or Rise and Fall of HKW, the greatest promotion you've never heard of. Um, it was a fun episode that we recorded with Phil and Travis, and one thing that when I listened back to it, I realized that I did and not. Herbie. And Herbie, yes, and Herbie. He just left him out. That's fucked up. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're about to, you're about to say you meant to say Herbie when you said Travis. I'm like, nope, don't do it. No, I wasn't going to say that. Um, mm-hmm. Wrong black guy. Yeah, I know. I got muted for that before the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, one of the things I left out that I wanted to mention while we were doing that, that podcast or emphasize is everything that we talked about is going towards a. Uh, a simulated promotion on 2k19 and we have a roster but if you guys are a fan if you guys are on the xbox one and you guys want to be a part of this feel free to upload your created wrestlers with the hashtag srw i will check them out we definitely need more female wrestlers we only have four we could use a larger female division so uh, please go ahead and if you are listening and you are a fan Upload your characters on the Xbox with hashtag SRW. I will look for them and I will add them to the roster. Uh, I still haven't got that capture card yet. So yeah, I haven't sent it. You lied to me, you motherfucker. Yeah. I thought you knew that. My bad. You were supposed to send me fucking, uh, what was it? Something eggnog. And when I said send that with the capture card, you're like, oh, I already sent the capture card. Just because you didn't want to send me the eggnog, you motherfucker. I don't even remember that, but... 
I knew yeah, that when I said I sent the aperture and I was lying. I thought you knew that. My bad. No, I was looking in the mail, waiting oh. for that. <laughs> I was ready to go. Like I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna be able to do some shit. No. Oh no, I hadn't sent you. I haven't been able to get to the post office, man. All right. Well, let's get into Monday Night Raw. We started Monday Night Raw off with uh Ziggler versus McIntyre in a steel cage. Supposedly this is supposed to be the end of their feud. Uh Drew McIntyre wins, and then afterwards. Ziggler just won't let it go. He's talking shit to McIntyre while he's cutting this promo about uh, how he's going to win the Rumble and become Universal Champion. And he's like, oh, is that all you got? So McIntyre goes back in and grabs a chair and beats him with a chair and gives him, you know, a nice little Claymore kick to the chair, to the cage, underneath the bottom rope. And then he walks up the ramp and Ziggler pulls himself up on the chair and he's sitting there and he's putting his fists up like he's still ready to fight. So he comes back down and he beats on him some more. He just doesn't know when to give up. Does that remind you of something? Not off the top of my head. You don't remember when uh when Big Evil went up against Jeff Hardy on Raw? It was like he wasn't he was when he was done, you know, Jeff Hardy wouldn't be left standing and this all that kind of shit. And then he walked out and Jeff Hardy got up talking shit. Like the difference here, and the reason I didn't think about it was, hey, that was a ladder match, not a steel cage match. But also, Jeff Hardy earned the respect of Big Evil, and Big Evil showed him that at the end. Yeah. Dolph did not saying. earn Drew's respect at all. That's where I was, that's where I was going. <laughs> it didn't turn out so well for Drew as it turned out for Jeff Hardy. How do you feel about uh, the use of the McMahons in this new four McMahon run Raw and SmackDown era that we've got apparently going on now because I'm used to seeing Shane over on SmackDown. I don't really need to see Shane on Raw, I guess. And it was a lot of Shane and Triple H this week. No Stephanie whatsoever. I don't know. It it really doesn't make much of a difference to me because nothing's really different. So <laughs> I don't really care. Who like who? Who the authority figure may be is just eh, it's still the same shit. You just find a different reason to do the same shit. That's really all you've done. So, yeah. well, Shane and Triple H show up in a limo, uh, and then we get a bunch of New Year's resolution promos, which we all knew were coming because it's WWE and that's what they do. Why not? Did you make a New Year's resolution this year, Travis? Yeah, my New Year's resolution for 2019 is I'm going to remember to close the kitchen cabinets. I did see that. Do you know what my New Year's resolution for 2019 is? What is? To get more followers than Super Flashy Arrow. Good luck. That is, but, my, um, that is my goal for 2019. Now, I need you to be honest with me. Yeah, if it does I, happen. I will. I'll, I'll let you know if you ever. The way you're smiling right now, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> There's no reason for me to lie to you about this. Because. <laughs> You the one that said that that's not my show anyway. I don't give a shit. So <laughs> if you surpass it, I'll tell you. I don't care. That is my goal is to surpass Super Flash Hero. And then from there, we're going after hashtag them thrones. Because as Travis said, you were never too old to live your dream. And my dream is to be the greatest podcast, the greatest podcast on the Creation Magazine Network. Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now, sir. That's not going to happen. Let me. 
if we, if this is still going like 10 years from now, maybe. But <laughs> Are you saying I can't do something because I'm white, Travis? Is that what you're saying? That's not the only reason. But um, <laughs> what, I was, what I'm saying is, like, honestly, it is possible because this is the last season of Game of Thrones. So, you, it, you know, okay, it's possible. It's going to take a long time because the numbers that – hashtag them thrones did was kind of ridiculous like well mind you also it's the last season of game of thrones but they do have the uh prequel spinoff series coming so i'm sure yeah the podcast will continue probably but like the numbers that hashtag them thrones did was kind of like it shocked me beyond like shocking like like oh shit but yeah well, uh, Seth Rollins comes down to the ring, says he has a rematch for the IC title, and he wants it now. Triple H comes out and says, hey, I don't know if you were paying attention, but uh, we said no more automatic rematches, and that includes you. And personally, I like you, Seth. I'm your biggest supporter, but I don't think you deserve a rematch. Uh, you're going to have to earn it. So tonight you're going to take on Bobby Lashley, and I want to see the Seth Rollins that I used to know. I want you to burn down everything. and. And Seth is like, oh, you don't you, – you want to come out here and say you support me, you're full of shit, and I, I'll burn Lashley down, and I'll burn Brock Lesnar down, and I'll burn down the whole McMahon family. And then Shane comes down to defuse the situation and tells us that we are going to get a fresh start battle royal with the winner taking on Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title tonight. If they, you know – if this actually turns into something, then cool, but – I'm more, you know, fearful that this will be another one-off thing and Apollo Crews disappears again. Well, now, here's what's interesting. Did you see the Fresh Star Battle Royal? Yeah. Okay. So, there was a house show. There was a house show where Apollo Crews won a Battle Royal. Just going to skim over No Way Jose being there, huh? I'm not. I'm going to talk about the Battle Royal, but before that, (laughs) there was a house show that they did where they had a battle royal to determine a person who would have a future intercontinental title shot. This battle royal was not just an over-the-top rope battle royal, but allowed pinfall and submissions, which might be something that they're trying out on house shows to see how it goes over. But Apollo Crews won that battle royal. So Apollo Crews already had, from this house show uh, stipulation, an IC title shot coming. So him winning this one, I feel like he still gets another one. We'll see. But the Fresh Start Battle Royal had No Way Jose, Finn Balor, Mojo Raleigh, the B-team, Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neil, the Lucha House Party, the Ascension, Tyler Breeze, Baron Corbin, Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder finally got on Monday Night Raw <laughs> for the first time in 2018. And actually – had a fairly decent showing in that battle royal. First time in 2018 on the last day of 2018. <laughs> Mind you, Apollo Crews did win this, which is awesome, and I'd like to see this push that they've been giving him continue. But also, they mentioned something, and I'm uh, I'm curious about this. I believe Curtis Axel is still an active member in a Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, from years back is, when he was he never, officially, never officially eliminated. I forgot who, who fucked him up. I I don't remember. Actually. Yeah, somebody like fucked him up before he even officially like got into, into the, the ring. Spot. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, 
It's funny though. <laughs> like, technically, he's gone the longest without being eliminated from the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Lasted the longest. Um, we had a backstage segment with Natalia getting interviewed by a new interviewer. At least I think she's. I don't remember seeing her before, and I didn't hear her name, so I have no idea who she is. So if you guys know who she is and you're listening to this, leave me a comment. Let me know because I'm curious as to know who this is because she was not on NXT, and I don't think I've ever seen her before on WWE. So. Anyway, the interview ends with Nia and Tamina jumping her, and then as Nia walks away, she points out that Ronda wasn't there to save her, which is something that we've been saying. Where the fuck is Ronda when Natalia needs her? She never shows up. She's never there when she's needed. Yeah, she's there. We, we know. Uh, did you see the Elias Corbin segment? Negative. Figured that. Uh, probably also didn't see the Ember Moon and uh, Boss Hut Connection, did you? Nope. And you didn't see Jinder versus Slato and Reiner, I'm going to assume. Negative. All right. Well, uh, we got a Braun Strowman video package. Apparently, he will be recuperating until the Royal Rumble. So even though he'll be on Raw next week along with Brock Lesnar, I wouldn't expect to see him doing too many uh, awesome, monstrous, physical things before the Royal Rumble. Uh, we mentioned that Seth Rollins was going to take on Lashley. Seth loses to Lashley via DQ. Uh, he went after Leo Rush and finally got his hands on Leo Rush after like two minutes of him just chasing Leo Rush as he flips around and runs away. Then he picks up a chair and hits Bobby Lashley with it, and then he beats both men with a chair. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure where they're going with Seth, if he's going to – if they're going to put him in – the Intercontinental title fray uh, where he was, or if he's going to win the Royal Rumble and go on to take Brock Lesnar to WrestleMania in honor of Roman Reigns, or I'm not sure what they're doing with Seth. Go ahead, Travis. So he wants that, you know, Triple H said he wants that old Seth who would do just about anything to get what he wants and blah, 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 blah. And all that really happened was he lost the match by DQ. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you'll do anything, but you lost. You know, that old Seth used to cheat to win. Yep. He did. And beating up Bobby Lashley, who, despite his talent and what where he should be, isn't really a significant player on Monday Night Raw at this point. Yeah, yeah. He just beat him up with a chair. Yeah. And Leo Rush. Here's my thing about Leo Rush, by the way. I really think they let somebody get their hands on Leo Rush way too soon. You like, mentioned that before, yeah. Like, he really should, for this whole time, like, even now, should still have just been running away and dodging people and all that kind of shit. This should have happened, like, on a significant pay-per-view where somebody finally got their hands on Leo Rush. But, anyway. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Outside uh, of that, though, I don't understand that whole Seth thing, but whatever. Then we had the Intercontinental title match, uh, Ambrose versus Cruz. And, I mean, for a guy who competed in a battle royal, Cruz really brought it to Ambrose and almost beat him on a couple of occasions, which makes him look like a legitimate IC contender. So despite the fact that he didn't win the title, they are definitely elevating him from where he was and making him look legit. I hope so. At least in that mid-card. Uh, we found out that next week will be the debut of A Moment of Bliss, which is Alexa Bliss's new talk show. 
Uh, she'll have Ronda Rousey on, which means apparently she's still not cleared for in-ring competition hmm. from a concussion. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but this is getting ridiculous. If she's Neither not, because it's more than a concussion. Not that they're telling us. Yeah, they're not telling us, but there's it's more than a concussion. <laughs> if there's she's no not, way, in, there's no way that you're out that long for a concussion. Uh, I was gonna say, if she's not in the women's uh, Royal Rumble, I'm going to be extremely worried about her future in the WWE as far as an in-ring competitor. As you should be. And that leads us to the main event, which was Ronda and Natalia versus Tamina and Nia. And uh, I realized something. You know, I've talked about how Ronda looks rough in the ring, but it brings an air of believability with her in-ring style. Like, though she looks like she's ragdolling people and hurting people, like she looks believable in what she's doing and that the things that she's doing actually hurts, which is a nice change of pace. You know, you don't need that crisp, clean Randy Orton style where everything flows and looks perfect and almost looks overly planned out to have someone come in there and kind of fumble around, but still work their way into getting submissions and tosses and everything like you're in a real fight, it, it brings a nice air of believability to the WWE, and I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. I enjoy it. I, I actually enjoy watching her work. Like like you said, it seems like some people find it too rough or, like, you know, not as refined as it should be and all that. I like it just the way it is. Like, it's kind of like um, good comparison when Ken Shamrock was around, you know? Oh, Ken Shamrock. I don't know why they didn't do more with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, same shit. Give her a belly, uh, belly suplex and, it'll be, and she'll be Ken Shamrock. But go ahead. <laughs> Ronda and Natalia beat Tamina and Nia. Tamina was basically out there to take the brunt of the beating for Nia Jax um, and tap out at the end and take the loss. And that was Monday Night Raw. Yep. Cool story, bro. Uh, then we roll over to SmackDown, and we started off with the New Day. Big E comes out dressed as a New Year's baby in a diaper with a bottle. Why not? Um, they announced that they're adding themselves to the Men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, Big E starts talking about their chances in the Royal Rumbles match, and they told him to stop doing Steiner math. Which <laughs> They did confirm that the winners of this year's Royal Rumble can challenge for either brand. They said they could take on the WWE champion or the Universal champion, and I think that is a little thing that might get passed by. But last year, that was not the case, or at least that was not something that they made apparent. They made it seem like when you won, you were facing the champion of your brand. Mm -hmm. Now they're making it very clear this year, if you win, you have your choice of who you want to face at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean... They, I mean, they didn't make it so clear last year, but they did it anyway because, you know, Oscar faced Charlotte. Yeah, but it was till the very end, and they made it seem like you were going to have to stick to your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we got uh talk about – they talk shit about Brock, which I loved, about how Brock doesn't show up. They're like, yeah, we'll take on the Universal Champ, but that's if he shows up because he's never here, and then – Kofi went on a little rant about how he's here all the time and he ain't never got, got a shot. And they're like, oh, we'll get you one. We'll get we you gonna one. get you a shot, man. We're going to get you a shot. 
And then uh, Biggie gave the crowd diaper pancakes, which is fucking disgusting. I know, oh I, God, know he, dude. Like, I know he had trunks on under that diaper, but still, exactly. it's fucking It was implied that he just pulled diapers out. I mean, pulled uh, pancakes out of his diaper crotch. And yeah. Whipped them out to the crowd. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are just out there grabbing them out of the sky like it's nothing. Um, they all this rolled New Year's resolution. They were going to give up pancakes, but Biggie wasn't having it. So, oh yeah, they said their doctor said they had to give up pancakes, and then they said that no one ever follows through with their New Year's resolutions anyway. So, <laughs> fuck it. As Biggie's munching on diaper pancakes. Yeah. Um, this rolled into Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe. The winner of this match was added to a fatal five way at the end of the show to determine who would face. Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Jeff Hardy lost to Samoa Joe. And my one note from this is these nine counts are getting old. Like, the drama of someone sliding in at nine is lost when every time someone gets counted out, they slide in at nine. Yeah, when these people actually get counted out. Counted out or have them get back in the ring after two or three. Don't wait till nine every time. Hmm. Get in at seven, get in at eight, get in at five, whatever. But everyone waiting till nine and sliding in, it, it you know what's going to happen. It's lost. It's effective. Same thing with pinfalls. Nobody kicks out at one. <laughs> hey. But yeah, it's uh, very true. Uh, Jeff Hardy lost to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was added to that main event. Which, if you looked at who was in that main event, I think you could have guessed who was going to win this match. You have AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali. Randy Orton, now no, Samoa Joe. It wasn't apparent because remember, we're getting all new faces and all new matches. <laughs> They're not going to give us Daniel Bryan versus AJ again, Matt. No, 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 no. I wasn't saying who was going to win that match was apparent. I was saying it was apparent that Samoa Joe was going to be added into the match because you had Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, and Randy Orton. You're not going to put Jeff Hardy in that match and have it be one heel and four baby faces. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, then, uh, all right. So since we're talking about AJ, let's talk about this. Cause we, we weren't here last week. Vince got in AJ's face and told him he wanted, uh, the real AJ styles to come out and slapped him. And then AJ punched Vince in the face. Yeah. And then Vince laid on the ground smiling. I don't know what Vince and AJ Styles have going on here. Hey, man, look, whatever Vince and AJ are into, that is their business, sir. All right? You are not supposed to judge people anymore. This is 2019. Uh, we AJ tells us backstage, actually, to, uh, on SmackDown, when he goes and confronts uh, Vince and Shane in their office, that if they want the real AJ Styles, they're going to get the real AJ Styles. Travis, I didn't watch a whole lot of uh, TNA Impact. Um, is there a difference between the AJ Styles that we've seen and the real AJ Styles? His hair was shorter. That about it? Pretty much. And he didn't have okay. a beard. Because now we've got the real AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. So technically, this is a whole new matchup. We've had AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. We've had AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. We've never had the real AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. You're right. That must be it. That must be it. Uh, 
Rusev comes out. He's the new U.S. champ. That's something that uh, happened while we were on break. Congratulations to Rusev. Um, big old Rusev Day USA chance going, which was really nice to hear because the last time he was U.S. champ, he was a heel and he was anti-America as the United States champion. Now, apparently he's still from Bulgaria, but he loves America and his American wife who does a Russian accent sometimes. Yeah. And Loves the USA. Shinsuke attacks. Uh, Lana jumps on Shinsuke's back, and then Rusev turns they around. Do work there. He does. I, we talked about it. He was he was backstage. Um, oh, right, and, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. A couple weeks ago, uh, and I, I have not seen anything about releases yet. So yeah, yeah. But uh, Lana jumps on Shinsuke's back and tries to break it up. Rusev goes for a machka kick, knocks Shinsuke down, who falls on Lana. Then Rusev worried about Lana one thing I did notice is if this was 10 years ago Lana would have been wearing a thong but she was not she was wearing uh normal black underwear which there's nothing wrong with that it's just I've been watching a lot of old stuff on the WWE and I'm so used to seeing thongs because I've been watching a bunch of old stuff on the network you see a woman fall down and look up her skirt and actually see panties and not just ass cheeks it's a little weird to me for a second. Then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm back in 2018. We don't do that shit. Um, Shinsuke hits the Kinshasa. Uh, this thing between Rusev and Shinsuke is just beginning. It's not over. So we're going to get more of that. But something that did take me back to the Attitude Era, or at least felt like a throwback to the Attitude Era, was uh, Mandy Rose hitting on Jimmy Uso on the Christmas episode. Then going on Twitter and telling everyone that Jimmy knows that he really wants her, no matter what he says to his wife. Naomi whipping a boot at Mandy's head when she catches Mandy hitting on her husband. Well, you were going to say something. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So then we're supposed to get a match, and we're told it's going to be Mandy Rose versus Naomi. And Mandy Rose comes down to the ring with Sonya Deville, and she tears her shirt off, and she has a one-day-ish Uso shirt on, which – really pisses off Naomi. Mandy slides out of the ring. Sonya Deville slides in and takes Mandy's spot in the match. During the match, Mandy is causing various distractions, one of which was her getting on the mic and telling Naomi that she sent a picture to Naomi's husband and pulls it up on the Titantron, and it is just Mandy wearing a towel. Because they can't, you know show the real picture she would have sent on television. That is true. That is true. But they wouldn't have been able to do that even back in the Attitude Era. This seemed very Attitude Era-esque. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you see on the PG uh, era of WWE. In the Attitude Era, it would have been her in lingerie. Probably in lingerie or, yeah, something like that. But also, I mean, you had a lot of skits backstage with Trish just in a towel yeah. walking around in the- you know, we had Edge and Christian come out and wearing towels and flesh-colored underwear and have the towels ripped away because someone stole their clothes. There was a lot of towel stuff, and but you don't see that a lot now. So it was very interesting. I, I, I'm not surprised by this because I know he's got a type, but uh, I also hear that Vince McMahon is very high on Mandy Rose. No shit. And, uh, she's lying for a push. <laughs> you know, when I said that to Kate last night, Kate said the exact same thing, like exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess Vince is high on Mandy Rose. She goes, oh, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a pattern. There's a pattern. <laughs> uh, Sonya beats Naomi, 
thanks to the distraction. Then we get uh, the return of John Cena, who I tweeted still looks like JBL cosplaying as John Cena with that haircut. Also, I noticed he's using it to cover up the fact that he's balding. And I know that because I'm fucking balding, and I'm balding in the same spot. And he's just combing over that bald spot. <laughs> you can still see it. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks about how he needs a haircut. He makes fun of himself and so on and so forth. Um, and then he, he says uh, it's he's got no real reason to be here, so it's that time where a man sh- – oh, sorry. He says it's time where a man should come out and uh, challenge him and they'll get it on. Well, he doesn't get a man. He gets the man. And this is probably my favorite thing of the week. <laughs> Becky Lynch coming out and just tearing John Cena a new one and pretty much saying, you know, your time is your time was now, but it isn't now anymore. It's my time. This is my show. This is my ring. And you're lucky to be here. Um, yeah, she cut him down to size, which was fun. Surprisingly, John Cena didn't have much of a retort, which if we know John Cena or the John Cena of old – he always had a good comeback. He always had something to say. He didn't let that shit slide. Mm-hmm. Um, then Andrade San Almas and Zelina Vega interrupt. Um, we get a mixed tag team match, which I was actually hoping they were going to do, and I was really glad they did do. Uh, that was cool to see, even though I know you do not like John Cena, not even a little bit. Uh, it's cool to see Becky Lynch and Cena team up against Zelina and Andrade and to get a match with uh, the man and Zelina. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. Like, you know, as you said before, I'm not a John Cena fan. Um, I, with the time that he was gone was some of the happiest times of my life. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, it was a good spot to put Becky in, though. So It really was. Um, and then uh, Cena actually took a beating from Almas, which elevates Almas a little bit, um, I suppose. I mean, it's going to be happening more often now. Cena's going to do more putting other people over now. So, yeah, which which is good, but he also needs to look like the Cena of old, so that when you put someone over, it's not lost and it's not like oh, he's just he's past his time and he's getting beat by everyone, but make it look like it's significant, like Big Show. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Cena did come in at the end and hit his six moves of doom. It is now the six moves of doom because he's got that stupid punch. Becky Lynch throws John Cena out of the fucking ring. Say though, that punch is funny as fuck. (laughs) And it's supposed to be. It's it's (laughs) it's supposed to be. But Becky Lynch threw John Cena out of the motherfucking ring. Oh yeah, yeah. She's gonna get the fuck out of my ring. (laughs) She reverses a roll up and puts it into the disarmor and taps out Zelina Vega. and, And there's a little more banter between John Cena and Be- it, it was fantastic. It was probably my favorite segment of the week. And him going for the handshake and she's like, ah. yeah. Uh, we officially got that Shane is going to be the Miz's tag team partner, which I mean, <laughs> the Miz TV segment was fine where they, they talked about the Miz and his dad and all the shit and blah, blah, blah. But then we got a backstage segment, which is supposed to be comedy where the Miz is showing Shane, all of the different costumes that they could wear as a tag team. Um, and Shane's not having it. And I wasn't, I'm not, this Miz Shane McMahon thing, it's not for me. I don't know who it's for, but it's not fucking for me. I was just about to say, a lot of stuff that they do now isn't really for us, but this is one I don't know who it's for. Yeah. Uh, and then 
we had Triple H backstage talking to Asuka about who she wants to fight at the Royal Rumble. Charlotte's standing there, and Charlotte says it should be me. And then Carmella shows up, and she's like, hey, I beat you both twice. She did. Should be me. And then, of course, Becky shows up, and they all throw their hat in the ring. And Triple H says that we'll, we'll figure it out later. Um, so we'll see what happens. Well, Problem no, is, if you're in, going to WWE headquarters. I don't know, but I want to see that so bad. I want that vacation. <laughs> I need to see video of that vacation. Um, my thing is, it, whoever they put in the match against Asuka, I don't think will be able to enter the Royal Rumble. So I'm kind of hoping it's Charlotte because I really want Becky in that Rumble because Becky's going to win the Rumble. Why won't they be in the Rumble? Generally, if you're in a title match that night, unless you're Roman Reigns, you don't get put into the Rumble later on. Mm. Also, depending on where they put the women's title match and the women's Rumble, it might come after. Um, Then we had our Fatal Five way for a WWE title match at the Royal Rumble. And as Travis said, AJ Styles wins. I like the push. I don't know why they're pushing Mustafa Ali, but I like that they're pushing Mustafa Ali. He is a new talent on SmackDown. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, really, they're really behind him for whatever reason. I'm not, he's a great in-ring worker. Um, he makes for a great baby face. He's got a good story. So there are reasons why. I just I don't know why the WWE at this point decided to do it, but they did, and I'm happy about it. And I'm happy about the push he's getting. We'll see what they do. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I'm still kind of like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Because I'm really afraid that what they're going to do is kind of act like they're going to do this for a little while and then revert back to what they've been doing, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. There, there have been some excited about it. That's all. They did say that the changes would be coming in the coming weeks and months. So it's going to be a gradual build. Um, so we'll see what we end up with. I'm, I'm going to give it, if we don't see any real significance or if they fall completely back into their old ways by WrestleMania, then, you know, they said, give it a few months. I'll give it a few months. I'll give it to Mania. After Mania, if there's not a clear direction and a clear change going on, then I'm calling bullshit. Um, this is how they've trained us. It's like, ah, I'll give them all the way till Mania. <laughs> like, they announced this before Christmas, but I'll give them till Mania. Like, we've been so broken. Well, no, see, Travis, the reason I'm giving them till Mania is because they have shown us a little change. They have introduced some new superstars. They have been giving guys like Apollo Crews, who was not even in the mid card. He was on, like, the, the job card, they're giving him a push. They're giving Mustafa Ali a push. We're seeing new faces in the women's division. Say they gave him a push. I say they gave him one match, but go ahead. Who, Apollo Crews? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. They've been pushing him for a little bit. He's been out there. He was out there with uh, Bailey. They put him into the mixed match tag team thing after he broke up with uh, Titus O'Neil. He, he was uh, out there attacking Baron Corbin and had some stuff going on with him and Baron Corbin. And now he's in an IC title match after winning a battle royal to get into that IC title match. And they've been using him more on house shows. And they let him cut a promo where he talked about all, all he needed was that chance. All he needed was that shot to come out and talk and show people what he could do. And now he's got it. and He's taking advantage of it. So we'll see. Listen, I get your skepticism, especially about Apollo Crews, because 
traditionally WWE, as we have talked about a lot, is racist. Yep. And I know why, coming from your point of view, you are very skeptical about it. I'm trying to be optimistic. If we if they continue to be who they say we are, then it is what it is. There's there's nothing I can do about it. But I'm trying to be optimistic. Jr. even said it in his book, which I'm uh, almost done reading. When Vince asked him to wear a cowboy hat, he didn't want to do it. And Vince explained to him that everyone's a stereotype. And he's got a southern accent, so he needs to wear a cowboy hat because it fits his accent. And everyone around here is a stereotype. That's how the wrestling business works. So that is a clear indication of how Vince views things, which we all knew. But Asuka is the women's champion. Apollo Crews is in the Intercontinental title picture. There is change of brewing. We will just see if that change actually manifests into some things. We had a more adult segment with Mandy Rose here on SmackDown. They are making changes. I don't know what those changes are leading to. I don't know where they're going or if they're going to fall back, but I'm trying to be optimistic. They said, give us, you know, the coming weeks and months. I'll give them no mania. You don't have to. You can give them till next week and say, fuck them. That's why we've got two people on this podcast, Travis. I can be the optimistic one, and you can be the pessimistic one if you want. I'm cool with that. If you say so. Speaking of optimistic and pessimistic, uh, it's been a little over a week since I've done a, a podcast, uh, almost two weeks since I've done this podcast. So I'm going to say that I didn't forget it, but I'm reformatting it so that we're going to do not good enough for Hulu <laughs> after we talk about Raw versus SmackDown. And uh, first off, Corbin, after losing the Battle Royal, is still out there. He's bitching. Elias interrupts. He wants to do a New Year's Rock and Eve. Says that Corbin isn't invited because losers aren't invited. Um, and then they brawl after Elias' song. They're all over the crowd. What's great about this is to turn the tide, they're out in the crowd. Like, you know where they have, like, the cameras and all that, that section? They're over there, and Elias goes over a barricade, and he grabs a bottle of Sunny D and throws it in fucking Baron Corbin's face. And that's what, yeah, it was a bottle of Sunny D, best I could tell, and that's what they said on, I believe that's what they said. Sunny D, all right. Yeah. Um, and that's what turned the tide uh, to Elias beating the shit out of, Corbin, which was entertaining until Corbin got pissed off and ran away. We also had a six-woman tag team match, which I'm disappointed because this is kind of what tag women's tag team titles is all about. Uh, we had Ember Moon and the Boss Hug Connection versus the Riot Squad. Boss Hug Connection and the Riot Squad are definitely going to be legitimate contenders in that women's uh, champ or tag team championship scene. Not sure if it's going to be one women's tag team title for both brands. We'll have to find out how they do that, but Ember and the Boston Hug Connection beat the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad has stated that if they become the new women's tag team champions, they will be enacting the Freebird rule, which now kind of bothers me. Now that everyone thinks that they can be a three-man group and do it, it, it kind of loses. Yeah, it was know. cool when the New Day brought it back, but, like, yo, everybody can't do that, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying everybody because there are other teams that have done it. It's not just the Riot Squad saying they're going to do it, too. It's been done quite a bit since the New Day brought it back, and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, last time we had, had that was with the Spirit Squad, and that was forever ago. Yeah. So, and then the you got to do it a little more sparingly. Yeah. And then last but not least, uh, Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers, who actually competed in the ring, Travis. Yeah. 
The Singh brothers were in a match in wrestling gear. Zack Ryder was on Raw. Things were changing, Travis. Anyway, it was a handicap match. It was uh, Jinder and the Singh brothers versus Slater and Rhino. That's Uh, why I wasn't on Hulu. Well, go ahead. Yeah, well, I hope Kate didn't hear that. Um, Jinder ends up hitting the Colossus on Rhino and getting the win. Uh, but Rhino came in like a wrecking ball and smashed the Singh brothers, tossed them around the ring, even hit a, a double belly-to-belly suplex by grabbing around both of them, picking them up and slamming them. It was an entertaining match, but, yeah, it was Jinder and the Sings versus Slater and Rhino. So, ladies and gentlemen, not good enough for Hulu. Baron Corbin and Elias' uh, all-around-the-arena brawl, six-woman tag team match, and – the Jinder and the Sings versus Slater and Rhino handicap match. Hmm. All right, Travis, that means that it is time for uh, who's going over. Becky. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm with that. I don't think anyone is going over more than Becky, which is good because it kind of felt like she was cooling off there for a little bit. Um, right around that women's uh, TLC match in the weeks before it. But now they got her back out there. She's back on fires. I'm, I've got my The Man shirt on right now. So uh, who's jobbing out this week? I'm going to say – I'm going to say the Boston Hug Connection is jobbing out. The reason being because we're supposed to be, you know, getting ready for this women's tag team division, and they get cut. <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm they get cut from. They get cut from Hulu. I, I agree, and I want to know who programs Hulu and decides what's good enough and what isn't. That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. They're who like, made that call? Because let me look at we, we could have definitely done without you know, without that. Uh, why am I forgetting already? The the Bobby Lashley and uh, Beth Rollins match because it was, nothing happened. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the card, and even by telling us that, you know, would it have really changed anything for that icy title match if they had just done on Hulu Apollo Cruz versus Dean Ambrose for the title from the Hulu watch along and cut the fresh start battle royal? Which I'm glad they didn't because I'm actually changing my pick for who's going over. Zack Ryder's going over because if you go from <laughs> 364 days or whatever the fuck it was of not being on Monday Night Raw, what is it, 72 weeks in a year, 71 weeks of not being on Monday Night Raw, or 52, sorry. <laughs> That's Steiner math. I'm doing Steiner math. Steiner math again. Yep. Uh, 52 weeks, 51 weeks of not being on Monday Night Raw, and you finally get on, that is fucking going over. So good for you, Zack Ryder. You're going over. Uh, as far as jabbing out, I'm going to agree. Um, even though they won the match, if you're going to talk about giving us women's tag team titles, you need to highlight a women's tag team division and start building that. You need to start building that soon. I understand they're probably going to wait till after the Royal Rumble because it's not probably going to happen until WrestleMania. And the focus is who's going to win the Royal Rumble, not a women's tag team division that is a few months out. But they definitely need to start showcasing them on both Hulu and on TV. Mm-hmm. All right, Travis. Hulu, like I said, like I like watching the Hulu version because it shows me what they probably, like what they really give a shit about, you know? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about the 1992 Royal Rumble. I discussed with Travis about doing a watch along. Uh, I think it would be fun. Uh, Travis 
does not have the uh, the time uh, to dedicate to another uh, thing that I want him to do for me. So I've talked to a couple people, and we're probably going to be doing live Royal Rumble watch-alongs. This is something you guys are interested in. Uh, the way I'm envisioning it is it's going to be a lot like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Or if you listen to any of the podcasts with Eric Bischoff or Bruce Pritchard or Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson, where they do watch-alongs, essentially – We'll tell you what we're going to watch. We'll do a little intro, give you guys time to go on the network and set up the show, and then we'll count down, hit play, and you guys can watch along and listen to us as we talk about specific Royal Rumble matches. Uh, I think this is going to be fun. I'm going to uh, be talking logistics with uh, one of the people that I'm doing it with this Saturday, so look for that in the upcoming weeks. But Travis, this week, you and I are talking about Royal Rumble 1992. Mm-hmm. You didn't get 2,000, but uh, everyone seems to think that this was the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. And you're a big Royal Rumble fan. I am. How do you feel about Royal Rumble 1992? Uh, it was a good one. Greatest of all time, I'd say no because of the ending. Because Hulk Hogan throwing his little bitch fit was stupid. Oh, we'll talk about Hulk Hogan. Um, but... <laughs> Other than that, though, like the whole thing, like Flair coming in at number three and, you know, lasting that long and ended up winning and all that, that was all cool. Um, set the record at the time. Yes, set the record at the time. But another good thing about watching these older Royal Rumbles to me, though, is getting to basically just get a snapshot of what the WWE was like at that time, what the WWF did, you know? Like, who was there during this time? And you get a little snapshot besides some of the – some of the bigger names that like, you know, weren't there because they had other matches and all that kind of shit. But you look at this and you're just like, man, okay, this is when, you know, Jake, the snake was there along with Hulk Hogan and flair and savage and the warlord, like <laughs> taker. And then you look up, and you got people like, like fucking Carrie Von Eric was there. And let me just Carrie Von Eric. Let me just throw this out there. Talk about a tough motherfucker. Let me tell you. This man only had one foot. All right? Like, one and a half. They cut, they, had, his, they cut his fucking foot off. I think they cut half of his foot off. They amputated part of his foot after an accident. Yeah, it was after an accident, but, like, he tried to walk on it too soon, so they had to cut his foot off. So, like, this dude wrestled with one fucking foot. And, like, a lot of dudes these days are like, oh, my arm hurts. I can't go. Man, fuck it. This dude wrestled with one foot. Zach Gowan wrestled with one leg. Exactly. See? Fucking pussies. So, anyway, moving on to actually what I was, <laughs> what I was actually talking about, though. Like, well, it's cool to see the snapshot of what the WWE, like, looked like during that time. But the reason why, and I want to say, like, this may have been, like, Oh, this wasn't the one. I think the one that I saw that, like, you know, first rumble I saw may have been 90. But um, <sighs> overall, though, this is one of the best rumbles. It's just I wouldn't say it was the best. And mind you, the rumble debuted in 1987, which is when I was born. I know you got the tail end of uh, 86 there. But essentially, one month after you were born was the first ever Royal Rumble. So this is, I think, significant to you and I because – it was created at the same time we were and has continued to grow with us over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best gimmicks that actually it's the best gimmick, according to the smack and the raw wrestling group that the WWE has ever come up with for a match. I'm going to get really close to the mic here. 
The Undertaker was the only person in this match that is still alive and still wrestling in the entire match. The only active wrestler in the entire match is The Undertaker from 1992. Everyone else is dead or retired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he only wrestles once a year, but yeah, technically he is active. So, yeah. Hey, he wrestled twice last year. He wrestled at WrestleMania, and he came back for that Saudi Arabia bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Suck he, a dick. He did do that bullshit. <laughs> and he had the uh, casket match against Rusev. He wrestled three times last year. Hmm. Look at that. No. Anyway. Wait. He also had that tag match with Kane against uh, DX. That After- was the Saudi Arabia bullshit. No, 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 no. What was oh, no, that- before that then? Something happened before that. Uh, yeah so yeah you're right you're right so yeah active wrestler the only one in the entire royal rumble out of 30 guys that is still an active wrestler. amount of times last year is brock lesnar um it was great to see gorilla monsoon or hear gorilla monsoon and bobby the brain heenan on commentary together again brain is great oh bobby he Um, had to remind us though you got to be fair to flair yeah, oh, he, he was all over Flair, which it's great to see a heel commentator stick behind his guy and not, like, change his position. You hear Jerry the King Lawler and everyone else, they'll say, oh, this is the guy that's going to win. And as soon as they eliminate, they get eliminated, like, they switch to somebody else or somebody else will come in and they'll change their pick, even though well, the they guy use, they originally like, – They usually only switch when that guy gets eliminated, but yeah. Uh, sometimes. He's like, oh, I forgot he was in the match. No, my pick is Kane instead. And it's like, Okay. But Bobby the Brain Heenan, no matter what happened, stuck with Flair. It was really well, rooting for Flair this entire it match. Was Rick fucking Flair. Like, <laughs> uh, also, what's interesting is Shawn Michaels got eliminated, and they did not highlight. I don't even think I saw his elimination. Yeah, well, he wasn't even he wasn't really anything back then. He had, no, but in comparison to 2018, to think that there was a Royal Rumble that Shawn Michaels was in, where they barely even focused on his appearance in the match let alone when he got eliminated who eliminated him Mm -hmm. it's probably crazy to think about for a lot of fans probably um also hacksaw jim duggan was extremely fucking over that was the biggest pop of the night when he came out in the usa chance big boss man almost eliminated himself which i don't know if would have been possible because randy macho man savage eliminated himself and they just let him come back in and said, well, if someone doesn't throw you over the top rope, you're not eliminated. That was just a convenient thing because he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, of course, fuck Hogan because he eliminated Taker. And after he got eliminated, uh, he screws Sid Justice, Sid yeah, Vicious, Psycho like, Sid. Why you just so you just throwing a bitch fit because you got eliminated? Like was he just supposed to let you in? You know how I feel about Hulk Hogan, especially later on in my life. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Whining, you're supposed to be a babyface to whine and cry. And on top of that, did you notice that the end of the show wasn't Ric Flair celebrating in the ring with his belt? The end of the in-ring action was Hulk Hogan and Sid Vicious. So even though Ric Flair won the WWF championship in the Royal Rumble for the first time ever where the WWF championship was on the line and lasted longer than anyone else. The last thing you see in the ring is still motherfucking Hulk Hogan because I'm sure he's like, well, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, 
if I'm not going to win the match, I need to be the last the last segment in the ring there, and uh, I want to be involved in how Ric Flair wins the title. I got to I got to be in it some way. I can't just get thrown out because I'm I'm Hulk Hogan. Listen, Matt. Here's, Fuck Hulk Hogan. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, because when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you got to take a stand. It don't hurt to hide, right? Now, what does that have to do with anything that just happened in this match in 1992? I don't know, but I feel like it's important because it's his music. Okay, well, uh, two more notes that I have here is Sid Vicious fucked up what would have been the most epic Final Four in Royal Rumble history. I'm going to call him what the fuck I call him. Psycho well, Sid, Sid Vicious, Sid he was Justice. Justice, all right? Yeah. He eliminated Rowdy Piper, and by eliminating Rowdy Piper, he gypped us from getting a Final Four of Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Rowdy Piper. That would have been the greatest Final Four in the Rumble to ever happen. And nothing I was going to say, that. there is no <laughs> Final Four better than that Final there, Four there right there. There is no combination of anything that could surpass that. If and you not, can think of one, put it in the comments. Yeah, if you guys can think of a better Final Four than Hulk Hogan, even though I hate him, Roddy Piper, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Ric Flair. And it has Rumble. to have been possible. Yeah, but, no, it has to have actually already happened. That's has to actually have already not, – not even that. Like, it just actually has to have been possible to happen. Like, they had to have been, like, in the WWE at the same time in the Rumble, you know? Well, then you're going to get a lot of, like, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, The Rock, and uh, Triple H and shit like that. And it's still not better. Okay. <laughs> um, the other thing I got to know for is, did you see when Sid Justice eliminated Sergeant Slaughter? No. I wasn't paying attention. Dude. That was the hardest Irish whip into a. I thought he fucking oh, I killed. He flipped over the, yeah, face first and sh- yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh! I felt for GI Joe for a second. I was like, "Are you okay, bro?" And that was scary. Yeah, yeah. And the fucking turnbuckle shook when he hit it. Like it was, he almost broke the fucking ring. Overall, I enjoyed this. Like I said, I went through and I rewatched all the Royal Rumbles last year, but we didn't talk about all the Royal Rumbles. This is your favorite show, so I wanted to recap this with you. Overall, I really enjoyed it. And uh, we got a new vote up right now. The Royal Rumble 2004, where Chris Benoit wins, is currently winning. I will make sure that Royal Rumble 2000 is in every poll because Travis wants it. So please, at one point before Royal Rumble, vote for this so Travis gets what he wants and we can move on. Please. Um, other than that, a uh, couple couple weeks before Super Flash Hero comes back, correct? Oh, I believe two weeks. Two weeks before Super Flash Hero. If you guys have not caught up, please go check out Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow podcast and Facebook.com slash groups slash Super Flash Hero of Tomorrow where you guys can find the videos, links to the podcast, and discussion. Get caught up before it comes back from its midseason finale. Go check out Facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw, where you guys can vote on the poll that I just talked about and get in the conversation on more entertaining and fun things we have going on there. Go check out the rise and fall of HKW. Yes. Yes, do. Uh, and let me know what you thought of it, because this is this is history. This is life. This is... Exactly. That's something, like, we enjoy wrestling. We enjoy doing these talks every week, but the rise and fall of HKW is something that's really near and dear to our hearts, like, very close to us. It's personal, you know? 
So if you listen to it and you haven't talked to us about it, talk to us about it. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, please go check it out and let us know what you thought. Also, as always, go check out facebook.com slash creation magazine. Uh, you can find Travis on Twitter at Sir Cusslot. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. And find me and Instagram. Find me just on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. And Travis, I think that's it for the podcast. So uh, you got anything left? Nope. All right. For Travis Pointer, I am the Warden Matt Ritter. We are smacking raw. We are that damn good. Peace.